body and I feel it completely in its screaming, throw me off the side of a building. Robin Williams style. Is that what he did? Oh, I, no, I, I think he, he hung himself. himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the organism that I am in is not happy with me and my choices. What did you do to your body that's so heinous? Why do you say that? I'm just slam slam a damn in these uh, 11, 12 hour shifts left and right, you know, just really trying to push myself to see if I can fully break psychologically uh, and bodily. Um, the psych- psychologically, I've never broken, but bodily, I might. We'll see. What is it about your body that's breaking? Is it the being on your feet? Is the, it the, the lack fe- of sleep? The lack of sleep is really hitting me today. Yeah. Um, uh the uh choosing to get out a paint roller at 9 30 last night to okay so there's a color called eccentric lime from benjamin moore oh boy <laughs> i don't like the sound of that <sighs> oh boy let's let's talk about it. in a satin finish okay let's talk about coverage doesn't sound very good to me holy shit i was like i rolled it on and was like you've got to fucking be kidding me i was like this is a three coat job oh i would yeah i would say minimum i've dealt with colors like that is the wall that you're dealing with primed no, 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 no. You think it's a wall. This is this is the mistake you're making. It's a melam. It's a formerly melamine that I sanded last year. Um, melamine in the same color that okay. I had painted after I sanded the shit out of it. Like one of my summer days where I was like, I don't know what else to do. Uh, I took a sanding block to some melamine, just went, and then painted it with the original paint can, which was slightly, cur- you know, slightly more solidified than a brand new one. Um, so it had a little more coverage when there was some evaporation. But it was a little streaky. So I go in with this brand new fresh can. And I'm like, all right, do it. And I was like, oh, it doesn't do anything. Yeah. It doesn't do anything. No. I had enough time for like a coat and a half and was like, I think I'm done here. I don't, I can't do this all night. I think we've alluded to your job enough that people know what it is. But why are you doing tasks like this at your job? Because these stores are dilapidated as fuck. Uh Uh-huh. And no one takes care of them and the the surfaces that they chose. So normally, like, let's let's talk big box retail here on this day. Sure. Normally, you choose finishes of fixtures that you can abuse because the public is terrible. Yeah. They chose the cheapest finishes, which is like, you know, uh, like Ikea. Right. Ikea level finishes for daily hardcore use that you don't keep up with and don't replace. Okay. The whole idea of like Ikea... Even living with it, you're going to replace it in like four years. Yes. I, in Being fact, generous. Quick anecdote about Ikea. When my dad moved his house and the movers came in, they specifically asked if anything was Ikea. And if it was, they said, we cannot cover damages to this. Yeah, because it's this fucking This will useless. get damaged yeah, in transit. Of course. Yeah. It's just particle board with veneer. Yeah. It's going to die. Um, and I, as someone who, like, you know, growing up, son and grandson of cabinet makers who did, like, veneer and basically fixture making for retailers including american eagle which i also worked at um like but they would overbuild them they were like oh no it's heavy and then this veneer is actually very thick but and even a thick veneer i mean over time you're gonna wear gonna that out. get fucked yeah. yeah um so like you know all the furniture that my grandfather would build would be like oh yeah he'd be like oh, i'm gonna make a coffee table i'm like why is this coffee table 50 po- 55 pounds he's like well you know what it is i'm like He'd flip it over and be like, <laughs> and it would be this. I'm, my fingers are showing th- three and a half inches of particle board. Yeah. 
for a round circle coffee table that I'm like, this is, we could hide under it in the event of a hurricane. And it might crush you like that building in Miami. No, it's more structurally sound. <laughs> no, it is. The joinery is key. Um, so, like, I get it. I know how to, like, you know, I know what I'm looking at in terms of, like, fixtures, in terms of longevity. Sure. And this is not that. It's some Ikea nonsense to okay. circle back. Um, well, and, you know, I feel <clears throat> like big box retail in general, they probably buy pretty low caliber shit anyway, but it's it's easily replaceable is what I would imagine. Usually you don't maintain it. I had beautiful cabinetry at the crew. And even some of that was particle board, but it was like beautiful, like solid maple or birch wrapped. Okay. Like nice. Not just like a painted streaky melamine. Because melamine, anything happens to it. It buckles. You get it a little wet. It's going to bubble. It's a fucking mess. Yeah. But all the tables were from uh, specially manufactured. And anytime we had to handle them, it was white glove service. You mean you had a white glove service come? They would pick things up, change it out, whatever. That's kind of what I was getting at before is I feel like most companies have a plan for this where yeah. that's kind of like taken care of as, uh-uh. as a cost of doing business. That's me. Okay. I handle it. I get it in whatever state someone brings it to me who is not a white glove mover. Yeah. And then I have to fix it. Wow. Where, where does it come from? Does it just come from some warehouse somewhere? Is other it new dila- when you get Other dilapidated it? fuck fucking place they're just trading it around location to location it's already been used before uh-huh. oh boy yeah that's real shoestring budget shit oh yeah yeah uh-huh and so you have to get in there and sand and paint it in your free time what happens oh if no you... i get paid for it i understand well okay I well was using free salary. time yeah. loose yeah but uh what happens if you don't do it what happens if you just put something bad looking out in the store does this affect your sales is that why no. you're worried about it it's when you have a visit They'll point it out to you. They go, why does that look like shit? And I'm like, because it's shit. And I'm sure you've been through the process of explaining to your higher ups that you have to literally bring out a roller and paint this thing. Uh And they don't think that's a problem or that that's weird at all. The one time I did it before a big visit, like I did it and they walked in there. Why do those look different? Why do they look good? And I'm like, because I sanded it and painted it. And they're like, what do you mean? We could have done this all the time. And I was like, "Uh uh-huh. Because they like whoever was running it before me lost these things that like were fixtures so they had to use the old ones that were a different color that they shittily painted because they didn't sand uh-huh so i went in because i'm like i'm handy and just went in took that sanding block went to town painted those fuckers real nice and pretty and they were like oh that'll do for the visit and then they were like we'll buy you for doing that we'll buy you nice things and i said thank you so much i'm assuming this never it did came happen to be. no it did oh, happen. okay no. i didn't even want them i was like i painted it who ca- fucking cares at this point what are we doing right it was fine for that, and now I got to live with this, whatever. Um, but usually, when I take, when I fix a thing, they go, "Oh, that's so much better," but it's still fucked up. And I'm like, "I know, right? Can I have a new one?" And they're like, "Yeah, we'll get it to you." I'm like, "Thank you." So my hope is, if if I get visited, I get new things. I just want new things. So you, I think you made a classic error here, which is to raise the bar at a job. Yeah. You kind of never want to do that because then the expectation becomes that this is the new normal. Oh, well, I'm very loud about everything. I I, I hope the listener, the reader can imagine that I am a world-class complainer when things don't meet my standard of uh, being, right? You know, God forbid you sit down and have a bagel at my my dining table without a fucking placemat. Otherwise, the knives come out, (laughs) right? So, you know, I'm... Star quality complainer. Fabulous at it, right? 
But when people are scared to spend money, they don't like to hear me going, you know, this is shitty, right? They're like, we know, but we can't spend the money. And I'm like, I don't fucking care. It's bad. And I'm going to keep complaining. The squeaky wheel is like now just like, stop squeaking. I'm like, no. Yeah. I'm used to, that's always been my like MO for getting what I want is just repeatedly going, fix it, fix it, fix it, fix it, fix it, fix it, fix it. Sure. It seems like that generally works, but it seems mm-hmm. like you're up against an Im- a hard impasse, which is just that there is no money for this. There's so- money. Uh-huh. They don't want to spend it. But it has to be coaxed out of them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So that's my that's my week. That's why I'm dying on the inside. Yeah. You seem... Uh, you, are you chipper as a defense mechanism? I have rage that simmers at a, <laughs> a low heat at all time. We're reducing. We're, you know, deglazing the pan. Um, because if I actually felt my feelings, I'd probably cry. Because <laughs> there's just so much rage. Is there any way you can make other people do this? That would be my instinct. No, because they do it bad. I got a prego uh, who, I'm co- who I had to cover for today. I was supposed to not work today. Prego was going through some things. So I was like, okay, fine. Let me go in and do what I got to do. Other one, you know, has some familial problems, and the other one I just hired a week ago. They can't do shit, right? And they're and they're definitely not going to sand it before they paint. They're also not going mean, to know what to do. I wouldn't sand it before I painted it. Who cares? It's not my. I shit. didn't sand one of the new sides I painted because I was like, oh, we do not have time for this. On yeah, this day. yeah. It's like no one's going to scrape it. Let's just shove it on. Oh man, well, Will, I feel bad for you. You're picking up a lot of slack over there, as you always are. And it seems worse than normal. I mean, I've been back here. I'm going on two weeks now, and I feel like I've seen you for a grand total of like five hours. Well, yeah. We went to dinner one night, and that's that's about the longest I've gotten you for. Yeah, uh-huh. Otherwise, <laughs> I haven't seen you at all. Well, yeah. You're, this is, I think, uh, gl- uh, universally, this is just like, because I like to usually, July is not usually a hard working month. I was going to say, in general, in New York especially, the summer yeah. months are supposed to be kind of Oh, lazy. it's supposed to be chill as fuck, and it's not. Um, we're supposed to be going on vacations, using it up, and yeah. I'm like, where? Um, so, you know, I'm due for a little bit of mo- a little bit more. I think I'm going to work in some August, because I only used two vacations in June. Uh-huh. So that way in August when it's really hot and really disgusting and when the heat gets to me and then the public gets to me and I don't have to deal with any of this current nonsense. This current nonsense is over Friday. After that, I'm like, whatever. Um, And then I'm a human again. Yeah. But then I want to be an extra human in August. Oh, okay. That's good. That sounds nice. Uh, you better use it or lose it, man. I'm I'm worried that you're going to... Well, I don't want to use it in January when everything's shitty. I understand. I mean, I, I wasn't saying wait to use it. I usually do. I, I was saying use it very soon because I'm worried you're going to get busy again and your opportunity is going to be lost. Here's the thing. I n- I'm never not busy. Never not busy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Isn't that a Jimmy Pardo podcast? Who? Never mind. <laughs> oh. I don't know. People, places, or things. What are you talking about? Nouns. I don't know these people. Okay. Well, I think there's just some stark contrast between your chill vibes at work and my unchill vibes at work. And you're like, wait, everything's not chill vibes only, man? And I'm like, no, absolutely yeah, not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I can't say anything about that. I but, know. Yeah. Uh, we love an NDA, folks. <laughs> All opinions expressed on Green and Lewis are those of the hosts and the hosts alone. 
Not this any host, other affiliated this host, organization. Only this host. I absolutely heard nothing that I am repeating. <laughs> no, I'm making wild assumptions based on nothing. It's basically slander. Um, uh, but satire, satire, satire. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, my, my struggle bus is just adjusting to a schedule again, to being coerced into having my time uh, planned for me, you know? What? I'm just saying, like, the the general stuff about having a job. Like, you got to get up at a certain time. You got to be there. You know, I'm getting used to that again. It's been over a month, other you know, excluding the last couple weeks, since I've worked at all. Since I've had <laughs> any positive income. And it's been almost a year since I had to work five days a week. So Hold on. I, I don't know where I left my, like... Th- three quarter inch violin <laughs> i think it's tinier than that it should be tinier than that. i think it's about a centimeter it's a nanometer you need a microscope to see this violin oh i stepped on it a long time ago then it's the size of a, of a particle of sand and what is sand made out of fish poop we love. <laughs> <laughs> that's really true that's a true green and lewis fact yep we love niche jokes for two people oh that's what we do here on this day um um oh shit i just had the thing that i wanted to talk about and i fully just lost it it came back for a a very short second and then i lost it (gasps) oh no fuck i want to i want to not have dead air but i also want to give you the moment to think about it were we close to it i mean what were we talking about we were talking about sand fish poop you know it was something niche. It was something very niche. Oh. That's why it was in my brain, and I was like, it, lightning struck for a minute. Like, this it, is like it when was you... something in the post. Okay, we can figure this out. We can figure this out. We got to use the internet. You're gonna you're gonna triangulate We're gonna it by triangulate. looking at yes. the Washington Post. No, that not that one. Oh, the New York Post. Yeah, trash post. Yeah, trash post. Oh, I just read something pretty good in the post too. It's been can't. fucking buck wild. In oh, the post. it was it the two girls that broke into the Jian Famous Foods while they were drunk. No, but those are heroes of mine. <laughs> which one? I mean, uh, I don't remember which one. Um, but yeah, that's a thing that happened, and they got caught on security camera with audio the whole time talking about stealing things. They tried to cook the dumplings, but couldn't figure out how to work the fryer. Were they white? Yes. <laughs> no shit. I mean, Jesus fucking Christ. Apparently, the proprietors of that establishment left the door unlocked, so it's kind of on them, honestly. That was an oopsie. That was, we're tired and oopsies. Yeah. Huh. Well. They had to close the kitchen for an entire day to deep clean it the following day, because you can't have strangers back in the kitchen. That's true. That is true. I mean, I don't know. Oh, fucking Christ. Why, why were you reading the New York Post anyway? It comes up on my... Google News. Ah, uh, see, this is a thing that's been happening to me too because at work I don't have my little um I don't have my little GitHub GitHub uh hack that gets me past all the paywalls like I have on my personal computer mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I'm too scared to download it on their computers. Mm-hmm, I don't think that's mm-hmm, a very good idea. Mm-hmm, no. So, uh I have to read free news, which I guess is what you do. And that's yes. a really different experience than my normal diet. Oh, I'm sure. So you ha- have to rely on Google News, and I- I'd forgotten about The Guardian. I've gone back to The Guardian now because they're entirely free. They are? Oh, yeah, yeah. that's right, that's right, that's right, yeah. Oh, this is what, okay, so this is, uh, it wasn't even the Post. Sorry, it was The Times. This is the wildness that is The Times. So The Times put out this article that was like, New York is back, everyone's making out. 
What? Truly a headline about PDA uh-huh. in the city. And I was like, you've got to be fucking joking. I think that might be kind of true, man. What? Why were you so upset about it? The gray lady talking about PDA. Well, Who fucking cares? If that's really the complaint, I mean, they, you know, they abandoned their status, uh, you know, four years ago. Yeah, on a Monday. I was like, this is Monday news. What are we doing? Why are we doing? Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, I don't know, man. The news has been avoiding a lot of important topics lately. Oh, yeah. We're burying the lead all over the place up in this bitch. Yeah. Um, you know, some for-profit colleges get their money erased or whatever, debt erased, rather. Um, but, oh, see, I didn't even know about that. But, like, who? I mean, honestly, if you're going to the University of Phoenix, like, someone should steal from you. I, n- I mean, you know. Huh, mm. I'm... Uh, someone told me today, oh, you're kind of a snob, aren't you? I was like, yes, yes, I am. Yes. <laughs> yes, you are. I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Why did that person say that to you? What was it about? We'll get back to the times in a second. Oh, I was talking about like high price, low price things and like margin and stuff. And I was like, well, well, why would you want to sell something that's lower price, lower margin, and it turns into trash when you could sell something at a higher price that is quality? And she's like, you're kind of a snob then, aren't you? I was like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I am. I mean, I am. That, that's a sound point, though. Whether it makes you a snob or not, it, that's that's a good business yeah, person. That's definitely. a good business thing. You're like, oh, low margin trash? No, fuck that. Right. Not making money. Um, the University of Phoenix thing. That's right. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know. I feel bad for people that get scammed. It's not their fault. I don't understand how you could not understand that it was a scam. Yeah. I don't get it. It always, I mean, I remember growing up seeing those TV commercials, like, and being in, like from middle school to my teenage years. And even thinking, ITT Tech, I'm like, what? Yes. What What job do you get on a phone? I felt even then that it was transparent that those were not real degrees. Because they were advertised on TV. I think that's what I intuitively understood. It's like, yeah, universities don't do that. We also, like, Ohio, or let's just say Cleveland, the greater Cleveland area you know, like greater Los Angeles, the idea of a community college was a thing foisted on a lot of people. Cause there were a lot of people who maybe had like, who were middle-aged or late thirties, maybe had some college. Yes, yes. Never finished. And then it's like, Oh, you can go back and get your associate's degree. Right. The idea of a bachelor's degree didn't even enter in my mind that that's what I was doing until I was in college. I was like, Oh, college is a different one. Uh, I understand what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, everything you're advertised to is associates. And I was like, what? They're like, no, 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 you get a bachelor's of fine arts. I'm like, what? What's that? They're like, oh, no, 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 it's like a real degree. And I was like, oh, yeah, I want that. I want a real degree. Can I get one of those? They're like, yeah, give us $150,000, please. And I said, okay. Yeah, it's true. I wonder what what accounts for that, like, demographically in the region. Because I would imagine that's a nationwide phenomenon that most people have some college and eventually get an associate's degree. Mm -hmm. I think that's just, like, a working class thing. I don't know, though. Because I have a lot of, like, cousins that did that. I have, I don't know if I have any aunts and uncles, but I know people in that age range, like, younger boomers that ended up doing that. It's basically just like, oh, can you get a degree for, like, a trade that you want to go into that you are already in, but you'll maybe, like, get a promotion if you get a yeah, degree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they'll do it. But it's not like, you know, when people are, like, teachers and they have to go get a graduate degree. Right. Where they're like, oh, no, we can actually make real money now. Right. Like, that's the only profession, like high school and grade school teaching where you're like oh a graduate degree bumps me like 10k right right i mean i I guess 
I guess, yeah, I, I think I suffered from a similar confusion that you did. I didn't understand till really late in the game that, like, especially humanities degrees, but, like, academic degrees in general are kind of different than technical ones. Like, even if you rise above an associate's degree and get a bachelor of, like, engineering or science, that's, like, fundamentally a different education yeah. than what we got. And oh. I, I didn't really <laughs> realize <laughs> yeah. that. I, I agree that I just kind of thought all college was the same. Oh, no. Well, we went you know. to the what is basically a conservatory, right? Which is barely college, barely college. Yeah, not even. It's specialized training in the way of like apprenticeships in the old model. Well, I would say that you know at our school in particular, but I think this is true of most art schools, especially now. You know, fifteen years later, is that we went to the for-profit scam side of the school. The real side of the school is the industrial design, graphic design, farm. Yeah. That uh, the money maker the, side, the money maker side, both for the students that graduate from it and for the school. And then there's kind of the give them some, some IKEA furniture and nothing, and they're fine. Yes. And then you have the pure for-profit side, speaking from the institutional perspective of the fine arts, where it's like, yeah, none of these people are going to give us money, but we'll just take it while we can get it. They're not going to give us money. We just have to give them space, which costs us money. Right, which is why they downsize all these things over time. Oh, yeah. I really wonder if there are any premier, like, undergraduate institutions anymore. I'm kind of, like, out of that loop. I mean, like, for painting or something or glass blowing or whatever. Like, there's no way. Uh, CIA is still, like, big on glass because I think they're the only one with, like, or one of the only big ones with a glass. But, eh, no, that's not true. Alfred. Alfred's a craft school. Like, Alfred has always been a craft school. It's always going to be a craft school because it's well endowed with the people who taught there and graduated from there. Well, you know, I was talking about this with Trevor, specifically about CIA, and we came to a, a mutual realization that I think was really key, and I bet this is happening all over the country at, at all undergrads, is that they started to downsize their, like, fine arts and crafts programs in conjunction with professors that ran them retiring yeah, because the last like competent academics in these trades or crafts um, are aged now, and as they exit, they just let those programs die rather than reinvest in new young professors. A because they don't really exist anymore. This has been going on a while, and B because well, we can phase out these energy costs and space costs and make it look like it's due to retirements. Yeah. When it's, you know, only partly due to that. Yeah. And they can just, you know, put more resources into their design departments and computers, you know, computer math. Yeah. At that point. That's that's kind of true. I mean, but there are still like young. Uh, yeah. I mean, craft stuff. There aren't very many young. I don't know. I take that back. There are some like young Potter people, but also like, do you really need like, I don't know. What do you learn after you learn how to throw on a wheel good? Yeah, I don't know how I don't I you know, I can't speak to that in particular, but I don't know how much you can do over four years. Like I don't actually think it's really necessary. Like for example, I follow a knife maker on Instagram. I went to Fred? Ver no, a different one. I went <laughs> to Vermont Studio Center and he was a resident there at the time. Um but he is now like a you know, he has hundreds of thousands of followers on Instagram. He's successful at this. And he seems to just teach at these sort of they're not quite residencies and not quite schools. Like a Chautauqua moment? Yeah, yeah. They're like extended residencies that you pay for. 
and take classes at. So they're more structured than a residency. It's not entirely free time. He teaches at things like this. And I get the sense that that's what like metal workers and glass blowers and people like this. Because you don't really need like. Because all you need is six months. Yeah. And then you're going to probably start your own thing or find a space to work and just figure it out. You can't really be taught. That's literally trial by fire. Yes. Wow. It is. Huh. Yeah, I mean, what do you need to learn? You need to learn the, like the machine hammer and some basic forging. I'm talking about metal work right now. I don't know about metals. You know, st- whatever. You need to learn a few basic shop things. Yeah, and then at how that not po- to kill yourself basically? And, and, and chop you off need fingers. a you need a mentor to teach you certain subtleties. But after a year or so, you're probably gonna just figure it out on your own. Yeah, that's kind of the same with painting in terms of it how is. to do it. I feel like I don't know how to do it very good. I can think about it kind of fine. Not that great anymore. Not that smart. Let's be real. Kind of dumb. Um, I will lo- look at something and be like, hate it. Like, let me tell you why. Again, great complainer. Conversely, oh, that's a great painting. Let me tell you why. Right. All right. You tell me, oh, how, but how was it made? I'm like, I don't fucking know. I, you know, I don't know. I can suss that kind of stuff out just because I'm interested in it. I don't feel very good at like accomplishing making. Oh, I can't do well. it. No, I mean, no, no, no. I, I sort of can, and I mean, you. You could. know how to paint in grisaille? Uh, yeah. I mean, yes. I know. I know in principle how to do it. In fact, I have done it, but just like with acrylic, not with oil. Just like no, that doesn't in count. Different ways. Yeah, no, no, a little different. But no, I mean, I, I that underst- makes sense in acrylic. You're like black and white. Use yeah, color done. It's the same you way. You had that other shit, and I'm like, I don't know. It's the same way regardless of medium. You're just using colored glazes on top of a black and white I don't know how to paint. glaze. I can't okay. do that. All right. Well, you, I'm, I'm trying I'm to give... I'm also tired and lazy, you know? I know, I understand what you're I understand <laughs> what you're getting at. I'm trying to give you some credit or myself some credit in that. You could basically suss it out. Yeah. But that's what we're talking about here when it comes to whether it's crafts or fine arts. Like, you know, really, artists shouldn't go to undergrad either. We've talked a million times about absorbing all that debt. Like it's a stupid idea. Oh, it's so stupid. And you don't need four, you don't need four years. You sh- certainly don't need five. I think the like concept of a foundation program is kind of a good idea. Like that's really what you need, and then you should just graduate with an associate's in art, and now you start your own practice. And I figure think it out. I think you should have two years of foundations and two in the the thing that you want to do. Well, that's what I had. You know, you had one and a half. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Yeah, a little different. Yeah. Um, but I think, like, I think the two years make sense because you, you have to figure out how to do and then how to do like materially. And then there's how to do and which is the thought process, which is the second part, which is the second year foundation of like, oh, now that you know how to do, we're going to still teach you how to like, you know, handle stuff, but also like, does it mean something? And you're like, maybe. Um, and then you can be dispersed into whatever specialty you want for two years. Yeah, I I understand what you're saying, but I guess I was just trying to get at the point that like like a craftsperson, you should just do it for less time. Like, yeah, because it's amazing how little the thinking aspect of it actually matters. Well, how many like think about like how many crits in your last year of undergrad or at least I don't know for me, like after year five, I'm like, I'm bored. I don't want to tell more people about what they need to do after I've done it for two fucking years. I don't fucking care anymore. I'm less interested in being productive. I'm just going to tell you, like, no, I fucking hate that. I guess I guess the argument for doing that would be that the other students need somebody like you in the room, a bored, dismissive person, to understand what that attitude is like and how to respond to it. 
I guess. Like, I do think that that is part of the community and part of the education. The thing is, you can get that on your own without needing to pay for it in a classroom setting. And I certainly don't need to pay for it as the board person. Yeah, exactly. I'm just like, oh, this again, huh? All right. I mean, everybody I know that's doing well in in New York and is sort of successful on a low level has done things like crit groups outside of school. Um, Those are the... Group studio visits, but no, dude, those th- those things matter a lot. They get you exposure. It's uh, networking. It is networking, but especially in the age of social media, like that's how people make a lot of connections and gain a lot of followers is like through those things. Ugh. And frankly, that's all that matters. Oh, but Instagram's changing the algorithm. Their their uh, mission plan is now towards media. Explain this. What are you talking? So about? it's basically they just wanted to, like take all the TikToks that already get reposted and just be like, no, stories are going to be the new thing. Or not stories, reels. Reels, yeah. Um, so all those like static images are now just going to be like, no, we don't really care about pictures. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's been going on for a while. Like yeah. in- Instagram uh, Instagram as a business model sort of has to do that. I-, I heard a figure about TikTok today that kind of blew my mind that um, 52% of adults under 30 use TikTok it's bigger than Instagram, which I didn't realize. Yeah. Um, so I'm not surprised that they they are having to compete. Y- also, they have know. to do so much like video editing to do those. Like, honestly, they're probably doing better work than people that I know who went to school for video stuff. Oh, totally. I mean, the, the cr- and faster. The that's cr- the cra- yeah. That's the crazy part. I'm like, you guys are doing this so much faster. What do you mean? And on your phone? Right. What? I mean, I, it makes it makes me think of when I was a teenager and I was editing skate videos all the time and like just taught myself how. Wow, to what do- a waste of time! You could have done it on a TikTok. Well, you know, I could have done it on a TikTok. I kind I wasn't going there with that. What I was gonna say was that like it, it's amazing when you're young and just intuitive about especially digital things, but really any media, um, what you're capable of without being instructed at all and i think that like tiktok creators and people that use instagram reels and stuff well initially vine even Mm -hmm. like um yeah those people are hyper creative within the limitations of the thing as it's presented yeah and you're you're good at it like i don't know i give them i give them credit for that but like back to the art people and the still images thing the thing is i don't think it will matter because the art world and the way that it networks is always behind the times of these things. Oh, 100 Like, think about how most artists didn't have a web presence for a really long time, and many still don't. Like, for example, I was looking up Tom Naskowski the other day, because I just hadn't thought about him in a while, and his Wikipedia page is two paragraphs long. Like, you know, there's a longer Wikipedia page for fucking Pellegrino by... Well, it is, like since 1899 we got a lot of more years than tinas you know well i you, my point being like you could look up anything in this room you could look up placemat you could look up pellegrino you could look up wine you could look up r2d2 and they're going to have longer entries yeah. than a very important artist like that's his entire web presence thomas Kowski, is, is that one gallery website and two paragraphs on wikipedia you know oh yeah you can't really talk about him well, regardless of whether regardless of whether you think he's important or not, you take my meaning, right? I, he, that like he's a seminal yeah. artist and he's important to a lot of people. It's yeah. like he's a towering figure in the world of contemporary art. There's he no, was very tall. There's no denying that. That's true. Um, so except when he got old, he got he got short. He 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 turned into one of those people who's like literally like Jack and the Beanstalk, and then it looked like he wilted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, whoa, hunchback. <laughs> ah, who's that? 
I think that just happens. T- gravity's tough on tall people. Like, damn osteoporosis. Got to drink yes. some milk, except I won't because I'll shit my brains out. Um, but so the point was just that like, when you think about Instagram and you think about people running shit with still images and how much that affects their clout, that's still going to work for people in this community for a good long while um, until something better for presenting art comes along. Which I mean, Instagram in its classic form is pretty good at it. Like yeah. I understand, I understand why everybody uses it in lieu of websites. This anymore. is why I like sense. the website builder that I use because it's. Why are we doing like Art Girls podcast or whatever? What's that one on the West Coast? I don't know. Oh right, I forgot about that one. We reviewed it a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah we we are doing that. Ugh, gross. Um, like I like the people who do mine or that I pay because it's it's built like uh, you can scroll like Instagram. But mm-hmm. and on a desktop, it scrolls horizontally, and I'm like, I love a horizontal scroll. It's sexy. Uh, do you know what Depop is? Uh, what Depop, the shopping site? Yes. Yeah. Have you seen it on mobile? No. Okay, so the youth use Depop on mobile to sell their wares mm-hmm. now, and it is identical to Instagram. It's oh. just an Instagram clone. Um, your page looks the same. The layout is exactly the same, uh, except that... I think it makes sense for us to shop that way. Well, there's in-app payments, yeah. I mean, because people were already doing a, this on Instagram, don't yeah. forget. It's just now it's made easier because you don't have to go through Venmo. You just go through the Depop app. Yeah. Um, it does make sense for us to shop that way, which is why it makes a lot of sense to make and sell art that way, too. Yeah. I mean, there's something literally like there's a kinesthetic memory to that akin to browsing a rack flicking hangers in terms of flicking the phone which like i there there that is something i haven't thought about but that is kind of magical like the shitty mobile websites for shopping as someone who does thinks about this a lot by lieu of having to um when a shopping site is bad i'm furious yeah and a lot of them are bad yeah, yeah, a lot of them are bad. And it, it it's just, like, kind of unreasonable. Like, I find, I kind of feel like, you know, just in this kind of conversation of, like, what what is, like, the training of this? Like, I, like, what we do, what we have been trained to do is get to the point. Um, As artists? What are you talking about? Uh, yeah, our, yeah. Our, 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 our artistic training. Meaning you and I. Very much get to the point. Yeah, of course. And that's just kind of, like, I think, like, that's maybe the only training I can say that I can, I, I fully inhabit in everything, like whether that's in the studio or in my full time job or whatever. Sure. So I was like, oh, what's your skill? I get to the fucking point. Yeah, brevity is the soul of wit. Yeah, well, like don't waste my time. Yeah, like don't waste your time making something terrible. Also, don't waste your time like with hoops and bullshit about getting to making it. And also, don't waste my time with some bullshit of like, oh, I didn't really know about blah, blah, blah. I'm like, fuck you. No, that's wrong. That's not data-driven, and you're making a bad decision. What are you doing? Tell me. Like, that's the one, that's the only thing that was fully worth all the money. Because it's very hard to teach people to be critical and ask, what led to that? What led to this that I have to deal with now? Sure, but it, but it's ironic when you're presented with things online for the most part anymore because that that element of art practice is absent. You don't yeah. have to explain yourself. The get to the point takes a new form in that you need to make a 
poppy image which is which is worth stopping the scroll for however briefly to hit the like Mm -hmm. that is the goal that is the get to the point or not even get to the like it's even get to the like buy the 15 dollars thing we've talked about this get to engagement yeah you you know i love buying shit off instagram for no fucking reason like um i bought a romper once (laughs) okay it was, ba- it, w- it was back ordered, <laughs> so then I went, I would like my $60 back, please. I don't really don't need this. But, like, the Tushy Bidet, famously an Instagram purchase. Yeah, and a good one at that. Like, you know, like, worth it. And then, like, finally, once I bought it, I was like, ah, finally, it's I don't get the ads anymore. It's finally catching up. This The system is catching up of, oh, no, you actually might have paid for that. We're not going to advertise to you uh-huh. anymore. I'm like, thank you. Thank you so much. That took that took a year what the fuck um it's only like consumables that you get constantly advertised to they're like please buy again and i'm like no i don't need to what do you mean why why am i doing that again they're like but please please oh yeah i mean that's why ad revenue through algorithms seems like a bunch of snake oil at the end of the day because a lot of the items are things you only need to purchase once yet it'll continue to advertise to you Mm -hmm. yeah um, but where were we going with this in terms of art making? What the, what part? Like, um, why, why talk, why bring up the advertisal nature of it? The consumables thing. The consumables thing, because, um, uh, if only because in terms of art making, like, I don't think like, I kind of feel like people who are like the best makers in our time are also people who like um don't post a lot so it's kind of a treat when they post yeah yeah you know that's true like i'm a big fan of like you know speaking of someone who you know we were just discussing like when tom posts a thing i'm like ooh, a treat i don't get a tom forkin every now and then oh wow let's like you kind of have to be withholding because if you're posting all the time you're just like you're fucking insufferable and i hate you well it's because it be it becomes reminiscent of being advertised to. Well, because it's like we know that the advert that you are rewarded with the like, and I want to be a withholding cunt. Like I know that all you're seeking is that kind of validation. Like at some point, and that's the engagement issue. And like for me, it's like uh, no, don't do that. Like, well, I was trying to give that some credit before, only in the sense that that is how you make a career as an artist now. So it makes a ton of sense to disregard the people that think that's annoying and continue to do that anyway. Oh, yeah. No, if I, you want to do what you want as a in lieu of a day job, right? Yes. Yeah, so the the NIFA awards just went out. Yeah, NYCHA, yeah, yeah. So like everyone on there is are people who constantly are just loud on every like email blast social media and i'm like and they just do that all their whole job is like being a pr machine for their work yep and you know nick Mannix on that right Mm -hmm. but he's even like very mild he's just like i made a thing i posted it i made a thing i posted it he's not like blowing it up and be like so glad to be here at this thing and like he doesn't do that like fake nice no he doesn't doesn't do midwestern nice no um which i appreciate you know, but there are other people who are on the list and I'm like, who do a lot of like glowing, like so glad to be at this residency. I'm so glad I was o- offered this chance and awarded the opportunity. Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, stop sucking so many dicks. But I think that's what you have to do. And I don't think it's impossible that those people are actually grateful for that. You know, 
there's I think they actual, just don't think much about the haters like you and I, you know. But there's actual gratefulness and then there's performative gratefulness. And like I don't or performative gratuity? No, that's what you leave on a check. Like that kind of thing where like so grateful for this. Like it just reads as not genuine. And like it is kind of it just causes di- for me for me poisonly causes a lot of distrust in that any the people who do that that they actually care about what they are making because they're making a product that they know they can sell versus something that they care about yeah i i what they care about is the career aspect yeah exactly i mean fundamentally fundamentally i agree with you i think we we have hours of of dialogue to this effect i just think that but if that's the way to make a career i'm trying i'm trying to think from the perspective of these people like i'm trying to steal man but what i'm trying to like get at is like if your career is your work and your work is not your work what is your work it's the careerism yes like and i think that there has to be some kind of like thing where like this way it's like oh yeah i felt like this about the thing and this is really special i'm like no it's not it just got you another slide to submit to the thing like it doesn't like there's like i was thinking about this is maybe like a sidebar but like i was doing some you know i do a lot of uh, driving thinking as i drive a lot right so like you know i was thinking like what would happen if i like ever had to give a talk again for some reason like you know for some reason it was like you know like if i had to go into like some undergrads and be like okay all right that's really great okay you explain that okay so how deeply do you feel that how committed are you to this stance no one no one ever asked me that right because that is a legitimate thing in terms of shit that you care about that will get your ass back in the seat in the studio to do it more like like are you committed like do you actually feel this or do is there what is the connection here like do you want to do this or is this something you feel deeply you need to do because if it's some, something you don't need to do but you feel compelled to you're going to burn out on this just so you know yeah i think that's putting it really explicitly to be fair i think i had a lot of encounters with especially professors sometimes other students that in retrospect were that, but they were doing it in this kind of uh, like like Freudian way where they were mirroring it. They were not saying it as explicitly as you were saying it, but basically the question was, how committed are you to this? But you had to figure out that you had to figure out that that was the question on your own. I just think that that's the question. I don't think yeah. anyone ever asked me that. Or right. asked I've never asked it. Right. I've only ever asked, like, is this something that, like, you can make a serious... Like, it becomes, like, questions of very, like, softball questions. Like, is this something that, like, you can do more of? Like, what can this expand on? Like, you know, how do you see this working in the world? Like, zoom out things. No one ever really does the zoom in thing of, how close do you actually feel this? Like, everything that you're saying in this gobbledygook language, do you feel it? And if so, like... Not why, but, like, how committed are you to making this your risen debt? Yeah. And it's like, if someone would have asked me that, I would have been like, uh, I actually don't know. I don't know. Like, th- this is a really great solution for me right now, but I'm, you know, it can change. It can grow. Like, there are ways in and out of this. So, it can be expansive. My 
what I arrived at in my youth is like, you don't have to commit to it as long as you keep the snake eating its tail. You can find other ways. And that's what makes making exciting. Sometimes you stall out, but you just kind of like accept that. Yeah. Um, well, I think what feels disingenuous about some of the more career-oriented artists is that they um, so clearly do not inhabit feeling. Or, well, they inhabit describing, which is not feeling. Yeah. And I think that's a thing where it's like, it describes this kind of mo- feel. It describes a feeling. It's like, okay, that's cute. Uh, whatever. You're a really great illustrator. We love that. We love to see that for you, but you don't feel shit about it. Okay. Just, so you know, yeah, that's for you to reckon with. I can't fix that logic for you, but just, so you know, everything that you're doing is an illustration of feeling. You're never going to make a Rothko. Right, but Rothko was a successful artist in his time, so I guess my question would be, is it possible now to be a career-focused artist that makes art with genuine feeling uh, at the same time? Because it actually seems like to get someone to stop in a feed, you cannot put that much demand on a viewer you can't yeah. ask them to feel you can only ask them for an impression or a quick description mm-hmm. so it, is it genuinely possible to be a social media savvy career oriented artist and make things that demand people's time i don't know i don't know either i, I, yeah. I think we've i think we've covered this in in a in different ways before where like i always frame it as having two separate stratas of art where there's genuine art in the old sense of feeling yeah. happening, but maybe it's happening offline m- mostly. Mm-hmm. And then there's uh, successful art that you see around that is uh, descriptive, illustrative yeah. art. But like, I'm just thinking, can like, you do both? I just think, well, I think you can because, uh, you know, just I think like Ridley Howard does a really good job of this. Okay. Like, I, I would love to steal one of those. Almost stole one at uh, Leo Koenig many years ago. It was so small. I was like, there's no gallery attendant here, and they don't have cameras. It's only five by six. It's mine now. Like, you know, like those, it's the kind of thing where you're just like, this is a jewel. This is something, like, it does, it evokes the thing. It also does the thing of selling itself. And yet, I'm still struck by it. Yeah, okay. You know, like, it's rare when that happens, and you're like, fuck, that's good. When you're like, damn that's really good. That's really good. Can I have like anything you would want to live with seems like something that's felt was made with feeling. Yeah. You know, well, I don't know. The issue of domesticity of an artwork is interesting because I don't know if that's always true. I think mm. that there's a lot of paintings that I could live with or that I like in the most superficial sense as decoration or something that I don't think are very felt like I'll give you an example. And I think this ties into the conversation perfectly. Uh, last night I was bored and I went through Damien Hurst's entire Instagram. He actually has like an interesting Instagram page. Why do you hurt yourself? Uh, Why do you do this? <laughs> well, as we Where all, does the pain come as from? we all know, <laughs> Where does the I'm pain pretty, come I'm from? a very depressed person. So sometimes it gets dark. And I have to look at pictures of skulls for three hours. Um, but so his in, his Instagram page is very interesting because I'm genuinely pretty sure that he runs it himself. I actually think he, he has a lot of misspellings on that. I actually think yeah. he's the one doing it, which makes it kind of fascinating. Um, 
but I was looking at his work and you're going to hate you're going to hate me for this. Get ready to want to throw up. But I saw a spin painting of his that I was like, "You know what? That color scheme is really nice. That composition is actually really nice. Like I would live with that painting." And it happened to be a painting that he hangs in his bedroom. I learned from the caption. It's like one that's never been shown. It's his private collection. He likes it, and yeah. I was like, "This is actually a good one. Like I get why he likes it. It's very sort of goth and it's aesthetic, you know. It's like a black and red and purple spin painting it's very moody it's also dumb as hell it's also mr brainwash style like graffiti art and i was like but you know what as an object in a home that probably looks pretty damn good i'm gonna say so that that goes against the point that something you want to live with is a feeling before before i get into my judgment i will say this and this will go and you know i'll die with this every color scheme from tetris on the original nintendo and computer and computer are the hottest palettes you could ever use if you're doing abstraction sure yeah yeah because what you described the red the purple the black i'm like that's a tetris palette you know that those are sexy as fuck right yeah because they had to look good with eight bits yeah right right like it's something a little primal that just kind of hits all the time like it, it, it just colorates it like they just yep, they yeah. work it just works and of course that would be like a thing like this is why i love the like the green albers i have in my room but i'm like like i have a real albers it's a fucking print um hold on business paper like it's just this perfect kind of like chromatic build yeah it, like the the yellow green to the slightly more blue green to the deep blue green of the thing like all those th- all those little things become really domestic in in their highfalutin abstraction that you're like yeah i do want to live with that granted it's a green painting who wants to live with a green painting the Albers, you're now you're talking yeah. about, yeah. But what's the large? What's the larger point here? If the if the point originally was that like something you want to live with is something that's felt, but you can easily sort of dispel that through these examples. I, yeah, I guess I don't know. Um, I don't know. Like I used to talk about this a lot with Alan because his ideal for his paintings was that they were like paintings for homes and not really for galleries. Hmm. Um, D- David Reed also talks about this a lot, that he thinks a lot about what his paintings are like to live with, which is why they're formatted like uh, and sized appropriately for different bed sizes. Yeah. Like he basically makes like queen and king sized paintings. Yeah. Um, and I wonder about that a lot because I, in my own work, I never thought about people living with my paintings, which is, I think, why nobody ever wants them. Yeah. Maybe. And and I, I, yeah. and I don't mean that as a pity party. I mean, I genuinely, I don't think they're very livable things. They're yeah. too demanding on a viewer. You don't want it in front of you, really. Unless you're there to contemplate it specifically. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah. This is why, like, you know, like when it's like, I want to make a big painting. It's like, for what? Why are you jerking off? What, what are we doing here on this day? Like, a, a thing that's livable, even like with big things that are around here, I'm like, yeah, like this lovely sunset painting that's in bright yellow and turquoise. I'm like, yeah, that's fucking amazing. It's perfectly livable with. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's a nice thing and it's not too demanding, but like when you notice it, it demands a little attention. That's true. And I it think, does. I think that's the kind of thing that it's just like, that's the seep of the, the care which you know i love so deeply in in objects like no there was some care put into this like that make that works on me yeah yeah this is why when it just just becomes this like churn thing for advertisement purposes i'm like where's the care 
it's just decoration. Just go to fucking like home goods. Well, I go think to Pier One. I think the worst examples of this aren't even decorative. Um, I don't mean decorative as a slam in the way that we normally do in like art shit. I just mean like they're just like, oh, the color works with my pillows, and you're like, what? It's just matchy. Well, I think some of the I think some of the Instagram art that is that is of the more careerist order is a little bit too conceptual to be that domestic. Like it can have a nice color scheme, but it's not automatically live withable. It's got too many images going on or whatever, but they're all in in a particular way. Hmm. Like a lot of people make imaginary landscapes. A lot of people make very glyphic art that has figures in it, but only in the most rudimentary sense. Like there are certain popular trends that are ubiquitous for this for this type of art. Well, because it has to transcend the decorative a little bit. Otherwise, it's just the kitsch side of Instagram, which there is a glut of also oh, yeah. these And those people in some ways are smarter because they circumvent the gallery system entirely and just sell their work on Instagram and and tackiness be damned, you know. They're rich as shit, though. And they Um, are very rich, yeah. I mean, this is kind of like when we were looking at, like, you wanted to buy a Gruz. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, when you look at, because you can go on any amount of, like, local, regional um, auction houses and buy, like, 18th, 18th, 19th century portraiture from no one. There are like the the like you know reformed goths love buying a portrait and like figural drawings and shit like that, you know. I could never live with a portrait. I think it's weird. I would love like a historical one, but well, it's amazing. It's amazing how these tastes kind of change and i think it's all societal and technology dependent like the reason that you lived with a portrait in the past was because there wasn't photography nobody thinks it's weird to live with pictures of your family on your desk but that's what portraits used to do yeah it seems weird now and like uh especially after like basically after abstract expressionism after high modernism Paintings just took on a function of being abstract, decorative items. Yeah. They maybe took the place of what? Like, you know, folk tapestries, well, quilts, things that, like uh, this. What's that guy's, the real estate guy? Uh, Ryan Sarant or Eric yeah, Conover? The Sarant, yeah, yeah. The Sarant thing where there was that p- palace in upstate New York yeah. or like outside of Westchester that had portraits painted. Yes. Tansy style portraits, not actual Mark Tansies. Um like and I was of the people who bought the house and the family, I was like, Huh, what a weird idea that you would commission a portrait of your family in yeah. the eighties or the nineties. It's a very, very weird. It's a very old school aristocratic oh, idea. Yeah, a, I mean I feel like people don't even bother to take family portraits anymore. Like, do you remember that? I know my family did this um probably up until the 2000s like you'd go to walmart or whatever to the portrait studio or you know jc penny baby whatever and you would get like a family portrait taken you'd all dress up for it sometimes in matching outfits or whatever with like the uh smoky sort of bougaro like background Uh you know you got to choose your color but people don't even do that anymore with the advent of iphones i think people have just 
or handheld cameras, digital cameras in general, like people have just assumed you can do that on your own. The last family portrait of me and my parents, the, I'm going to tell you two stories because one of them is funny. One of them is telling last family portrait that I have of, or that I remember of me and my parents was when I was like a 10 year old little chubby, but so very clearly a homosexual. Cause I was leaning, I was laying on the grass like this smiling like cheese and then my parents like behind like hi will's describing the pose of basically like a an odalesque yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) fully just like horizontal like hi i'm like when i whenever i see it i'm like oh what a fag um you know i can say that um but the my favorite family photo is uh, like on the one side all the cousins had to go to the kmart yep to get their portrait taken I, being the youngest, was not having it on that day. I had a full fucking meltdown in this Kmart minutes before this photo was taken. So all the other ones are just like doing their like best cheese. And I'm just sitting there like mean mugging the (laughs) shit out of this poor portrait photographer. Like, Can you smile? And I was like, no, like red, red, full, full red eyes, red face, or not even, not red face, but like fully just like sad eyes, just like looking at this person, just like, I don't like you. I don't like this process. This is not good. And it hung in my grandparents' home forever. And they were, every time they'd be like, you were such a little bitch that day. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I probably was. I don't remember. You're the only people who remember. Um, funny i don't know who has it but it's the funniest thing because i look mad oh yeah an itchy sweater i know it was because (laughs) i was in in an acrylic sweater and i was like fuck this and they're like but it was cute i'm like no it wasn't oh yeah and it was back before it was disposable so everyone was stuck with it and it was like 18 by 24 oh your parents really paid for that somebody paid for it pause for business papers Okay, we might have to end this episode just real quick. Just um, uh, okay, we we should uh, we should at least close it out with an explanation of what's going on. This is going to be really hard to put together because uh, we're having a nice and really good conversation. Then it got interrupted once, and then we tried to continue it, and it got interrupted what again. Were we talking? Get me on the track, and I can maybe figure. I it don't. Out. I don't even remember now because it's been fully <laughs> like ten minutes since right, we've been talking. Do we want to do a like a do 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 do? interlude and then just like finish out with something uh, well i thought we were finishing right now oh, we i thought we, i thought we were finishing by explaining that they went talk completely about off the rails and that will can't talk about any of what just happened so y'all know y'all know about get out hide out fight out <laughs> i might have to do that tomorrow oh boy isn't that the title of an emily blunt movie what live die repeat no, I thought Get Out was <laughs> a different movie. Oh, Jordan Peele. Right. Of course. Anyways, I have no idea how long this episode's going to be yeah, because there was so many interruptions. Yeah, chop I d- that shit down. I don't even think we've cracked an hour, unfortunately. No, we have. But that's okay. We have. It's. Uh, well, I know what time it is, and I know how long we've been recording because I, I just left it recording. Yeah. But f- fully, I don't know, at least 15 no, the, minutes the of this No, the first break was dead. short. That was just a drink refill and a pee. Like, that's like a minute and a half. This one was... No, this yeah, one was, was 10 minutes long. No, and it was not. Yes, it was. I've been watching the clock. So anyway, uh, sorry, that episode was good for a second, and now it's now it's over. It was a 10-minute long conversation. Yeah. Oh, fuck my life. <sighs> 
Say goodbye to the dear, listeners. Dear now. listeners, just uh, put out good vibes into the universe that Papa doesn't get shot at his place of work for no fucking reason. Thanks. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs>